Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 105. Quick, look, it's television! My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Ross McQueen. Hey, hey. And to my right, Mr. Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. You were thrown by the fact that Ross didn't have anything weird to say. I was a little bit. Yeah. Mm. But, I, but I had the pause there just to just to make you think, oh, what's he going to say? Oh, maybe. Because oh. I was initially thinking I was going to say uh, I continue to be Brett Cropley. Ah. <laughs> mm. That, that would that would have been good because then maybe you'd be silent for the rest of the show. <laughs> oh, zing. Nice. Nice. Just, just kidding, Brett. High five. <laughs> Clearly, we're into the zone. <laughs> Coming up on this episode of Box Cutters, we've got some rewatch. We're going to talk about more full season shows. This week we're talking about Back to You, a sitcom, and Journeyman, a one-hour drama. We've got some quotes, or a quote, a particular quote, mm-hmm. and I don't buy it. Of course, the Box Cutters quiz, winners of last week's questions. Winners, plural. Yes, two winners, and, uh, and a new question. For the people out there. And finish it off with pork, but as always, we're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. And now with some important Channel 7 news. This is almost like last week. Now it's important Channel 7 news. Brett Cropley. Yes, uh, Channel 7 are in trouble on a couple of fronts. Well, in trouble on one front and uh, and a bit of a slap on the wrist on the other. Um, Ooh, nurse. The, a federal court judge has found that Channel 7's Today Tonight engaged in misleading or deceptive conduct. Uh in relation to a report it had about a get-rich-quick scheme, um, focusing on the wildly wealthy women millionaire mentoring program. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Really? That that was dodgy? Yes, yes. Uh, Strangely (laughs) enough, uh, it was found that uh, they misled on three issues, that uh, one of the women owned in excess of 60 properties when she did not, that one of the other women had purchased more than a million dollars worth of property using none of her money, which she had not, and that she was a millionaire when she was not. Hang on. <laughs> that that sounds like straight out lying. Yes, yes. Well, uh, the as a result of uh, this court case, the judge has granted an injunction against Channel 7 stations permanently restraining them from making the false representations, which... But they're already not allowed to do that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it, it has have they set down some kind of fine? Is there is there any uh, any the recourse? For- reserved at the moment on costs uh, pending written, written submissions from the parties involved. I think they should have to pay every single person in Australia five dollars. Five million dollars, no, I reckon. No, five dollars. That's a hundred million dollar fine. I think then they will learn their lesson and we will get some free chocolate or whatever. 
Everyone wins. Hurrah. <laughs> Everyone wins. That's a good idea. Uh, and uh, on the uh, TV industry code of practice front, uh, it's been found that Home and Away has been a little bit too saucy for its time slots uh, or for its rating, uh, which has been G. Is this the, the seven o'clock time? Is slot. this the pole dancing? Yes, uh, it pertains to episodes featuring pole dancing and sex talk. I saw uh, I saw a little bit of that kind of shoved so horrendously into an a current affair story tonight. Actually, uh, that it, it was just so clearly a dig at Channel Seven because the, the story had like stuff to do about pole dancing, but. You didn't need to show that. That was just that was just ridiculous. It was quite hilarious. Um, the the original Neighbours pilot also on Channel Seven had uh, Daphne had stri- stripping. Being a stripper, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah Daphne was a stripper. Uh, as a result of the breach of uh, the code of practice, ACMA's doing nothing, and Seven has advised ACMA that it will take more care in future. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say ACMA now have a rating system for the 7 o'clock time slot and then they're not allowed to break it. Well, just recently, <laughs> uh, the networks have been allowed to show PG content in the 7 o'clock time slot. Oh, really? Um, but they, um, but but they Channel called 7 didn't G. bother to, to rate the programs with the uh, pole dancing to PG. Ah. Which is G. See, this, this I find quite strange because uh, these shows go through quite meticulous processes to work out whether or not the rating fits. And uh, it seems like they must have done it on purpose. Mm. They know that uh, they know that Home and Away is G. They're worried that maybe an episode will be down... will, will rate lower if it's PG, that parents won't let their kids watch it if they find out that it's PG and thought that they could slip it through. Well, also... Yeah, yeah. They must be deliberately running five to ten minutes over per episode, um, which is one of the problems of the rest of the program slipping later in time. Really? Yes. Yeah. Isn't isn't that just today tonight going longer? You, you, you've lost me, Brett. How does oh, that rate? How does that connect to the PG rating? It, it no, doesn't. It's not connected he, it to, doesn't, oh, he's to just, the rating. He's just oh, doing non sequiturs. It's Brett. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's all sloppy on on the the part. Oh, of I, the see, I see. It's all producers. it's all sloppy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, yeah. it's also their fault that Channel Nine is on another channel. That's <laughs> see. Yeah, I'm just doing what you do, Brett. See, see how confused you are. <laughs> Along those lines as well. Today, tonight has been uh, found to have invaded privacy by ACMA. As well, there was a uh, Today Tonight story about a woman and her 12-year-old son, and uh, that was shown on Southern Cross Station TNT in Tasmania, which is also affiliated with Network 10. They they show product from, from both, but they showed Today Tonight. They showed this one article, and uh, Ackman said that uh, the segment was about a man who had been paying child support for a son. That paternity testing proved not to be his and ACMA found the segment broadcast personal and private matters relating to the child's mother, which was not in the public's interest. Mm. That's uh, according to The Age today. It's interesting. There's been a bit of that. Uh, Media Watch covered, I'm not sure if it was last week or the week before, uh, the the whole pumpkin issue and how in Victoria, uh, given once she'd become a ward of... Uh, or uh, the the responsibility of the uh, state. You weren't allowed to show her her picture. You weren't allowed to show a picture or name her. Yes. Um, And uh, 
Monica Attard had some footage of one of the morning news shows uh, interviewing a policeman in Melbourne saying that uh, he couldn't say the name and uh, they then kind of panicked and took her name out of their news bulletins. Which I, I think is is an appropriate response if they if they found that it's they were making a mistake. Response, but they should actually know the law, not have to be reminded by an on screen interview. Of course, they should know the law. But uh, you know, if I went through my life with everybody knowing the job that they were supposed to be doing, things would be a lot easier all round. Is she still at the Lost and Found in Southern Cross Station? No, 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 no. no, no. no. She, someone someone claimed her. All oh, right, okay. But uh, but there is still a good jacket you can get there. But it was <laughs> very sad with her just going around and around on the carousel. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, you've got some vitally important news. Oh, some very, very exciting news out of America this week that uh, Hulk Hogan, I, I'm, not, I'm assuming it's just Hulk Hogan, I'm assuming it's not his uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan alter ego. Uh, is I, I don't think he's done that since, uh, since the WCW merged with uh, WWF. No, I think, he, uh, yeah, maybe. I think because just before that merge, yeah. Uh, he went back back to, to Hulkamania to Hulk, yeah. and all that kind of the the red and the yellow and yeah yeah and, and he became good again. Right. But that was, off his singlet. But that was my favorite <laughs> my favorite moment in uh, in the history of Hulk Hogan or Hollywood Hulk Hogan as he was mm-hmm. when he was uh, he was part of the NWO uh, was uh, was when he did a press conference or an interview or something and says I I'm just really upset that I wasted all that time visiting all those sick kids in hospital. <laughs> like, he really he really took the evil to that level. Sorry, I'm reminiscing. What, what's he doing now? Well, see, my favourite Hulk Hogan bit was when he got beaten by Goldberg. But that was more of a Goldberg moment. Yeah, that's a Goldberg moment. Uh, anyway. he, uh, he's stopped wrestling, which is somewhat of a surprise because he's only in his mid-50s. <laughs> uh, Ric Flair's still going. Woo! <laughs> but yeah, but, but Rick Rick Flair really can't do anything else. Yeah, his body doesn't know how to do anything that's else. That's true. Uh, yeah, Hulk Hogan's been signed on to host the next series of American Gladiators, uh, which is extra special good news for us in Australia because if the spelling bee is any indication, that means he'll be hosting Australian Gladiators soon. <gasps> Excellent. Too. So Excellent. That Although be, uh, I'd rather be worth it. I'd rather have Ratty Roddy Piper. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, was, I was a huge Rowdy Ruddy Piper fan. Ricky the Dragon spe- uh, Steamboat, I reckon. Oh. Yeah, what about what about Mr. T? Or has he just got a new show <laughs> that he's working on at the moment? It's, it's not so new, actually. <laughs> it's just Snickers bars. Yeah. Yeah, that's all he's doing. That's and jogging doing. around in his red tracksuit yep. with no bling and no feather earring. Mm. Uh, it's very weird. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure Hollywood will be a, will be a good host for Gladiators. As good a host as anybody. Oh, there's no Mike Whitney. No, that's true. No. Oh, Mike Whitney wasn't host, though. He was the ref. Yeah, that's right. The host, I think... He was had, host of Who Dares Wins. I think Aaron Peterson was one of the hosts. And Kimberly Davies. Is Kimberly Davies the air hostess from Lost? Mm-hmm. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were hosts, I think, of, uh, of, of Gladiators here. And, and the wonderful city of Brisbane. Yes, of course. Our hosts as well. Who could forget? We reported last week that David Gindel has been appointed uh, CEO once again of the Nine Network. Um, he's actually come back uh, a little bit early. Yeah, yeah. He uh, wasn't supposed to start until November and uh, started this week. To undertake some urgent repairs to well, the network. 
nine could need needs everything needs all the help they can get. Yeah, as, they've, as they've got to obviously stop the slide downwards. He's, uh, he's coming with his possible. gaffer tape and uh, it's just mm. trying to patch up some and holes wherever he can. Fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that all we had to do? <laughs> right. Well, he's uh, come he's stormed back into the country, offering five million dollars to create Australia's richest game show, with uh, former CEO Eddie Maguire hosting. A live mega millionaire version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, which will screen for 80 minutes every Monday night with a top prize of $5 million. Hang on, 80 minutes? How's that going to fit in the 7 to 7.30 time slot? Well, obviously it won't. It'll sit sit in the 7 till 8.30 time slot. Right. Um, Just on the Monday night. This also means that Temptation will be returning to our screens uh, running Tuesday to Friday nights. So, so I wonder if this means they made some sort of special deal because when we talked about Millionaire coming on, part of the reason was they had to get a certain number of episodes to fill their licensing requirement. I think they need a certain number of hours. A certain number of hours. Oh, okay. So I think this this is going to fill that. Yep. Yep. Need. Mm, mm. And I think it's I, I hopefully this uh, augurs well for David Gingell uh, actually realistically um, thinking about how long Eddie Maguire goes over time with every single thing that he touches uh, and will line up the rest of Mondays to start at the proper time. Oh, that, that would be that would be good. Oh, the ex- the fact that it's running eighty minutes, eighty minutes rather than ninety minutes. Well, yeah. is it is it running eighty minutes or is it eighty minutes plus ten minutes of ads? Because that's also not very many ads. Uh, 80 minutes. <laughs> really? So that's, that's 7 till 8.20. 7 o'clock until 8.20. Yep, yep. And then what are they going to do for 10 minutes? Test pattern. What? They know that it's going to go over, especially given that it's live. Ah, oh, that's what you're saying. That they're saying it's going to be 80 minutes, but it's really going to be 90 minutes, but they're just pretending it's going to be 80 minutes. Like they do, yes. Uh, the show starts on screens October 22. Except, you know, I'm just glad that our friend Ed Phillips is not out of a job. I think David Gingell's very smart to realise that he is the true star of that network. <laughs> Sorry, James. But Ed, really, is fantastic. Uh, and uh, I-, I was watching him tonight. And he's-, he's excellent. Watching Ed or James? Ed. Okay. Didn't see James. I saw James. He did a live cross from Paris. Oh, did he? Yeah. Because on Today Tonight... It was, sorry- it was kind of pointless. <laughs> Sorry, James. It was it was great to see you. Uh, I just don't know why it couldn't have been pre-recorded. On on a current affair... Because he didn't answer any questions or anything. They just said, now we cross live now to James. And he did a whole piece live. And then they crossed back to Peter Hitchener. Well, you sure that was, was the live? end of the... They said it was. And they said, going into the break, we're about to cross live to Paris. Because then with a the current affair, I thought they were going to have James talking about the Diana thing mm. in, in Paris. But no, they had some Sky News... Guy instead. Oh well, because yeah, it was James talking about it. So maybe obviously about Diana. Maybe James has just Paris. gone. Oh well, news is over. I'm out of here. <laughs> and uh, and they had to scramble around finding the Sky News guy. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to find out from James what uh, what what went on there. Well, also interestingly, uh, with David Gingell being back in town, uh, Channel Nine are going to have a new uh, um, promotional schedule for its uh, news and current affairs using John Lennon's uh, "Stand by Me." As its theme tune. Really, Yoko Ono's allowed that, has she? Apparently so. They're putting this out in media releases. Wow. 
that's that's impressive and weird. Uh, <laughs> Desperate Housewives is in trouble in the Philippines. Uh, apparently, uh, there was a, a, a season episode that uh, used Philippine medical education as a punchline. Now, well, not so much as a punchline, but I hope you didn't get your medical degree from the Philippines or something like nobody in the Philippines would know actually how to practice medicine. Right. Right. Because the Philippines have gotten quite upset about that. Yes, they've taken it as a uh, racial slur, according to their president, Gloria Arroyo. Yes, and uh, uh, a statement uh, from... ABC said a statement that uh, devalues Filipinos in healthcare is extremely unfounded, considering the overwhelming presence of Filipinos and Filipino Americans in the medical field. So, they've uh, sorry that wasn't that wasn't a, a spokesman from the ABC. That was the petition that uh, that they presented to ABC in the US. ABC now have uh, apologised. Yes, for the slur. Yes, uh, in their apology, they said the producers of Desperate Housewives and ABC Studios offer sincere apologies for any offence caused by the brief reference in the season premiere. There was no intent to disparage the integrity of any aspect of the medical community in the Philippines, except that there was. Obviously, they should have used uh, Kazakhstan as their uh, (laughs) boy. Because no one gets upset when Kazakhstan... You know what? Has anyone seen the the film and or, or read the book... Uh, Aunt Julia and the Scriptwriter. No, I thought you were going to say Borat. I didn't realise there was a book of Borat. <laughs> uh, I've seen the film and, uh, and read some of the book. Do you, do you remember uh, in in the film Columbo? I can't remember his real name at the mm-hmm. moment. Uh, Peter Falk, his character, who's the, the screenwriter, uh, constantly uh, has bad things to say about Albanians mm. because you need one nationality yep. that you can always pick on. And he chose Albanians. Mm. That's what this reminds uh, he me chose, of. Uh, he chose Albanians at that current job. Yes. In his previous jobs, there were other nationalities. There were other nationalities. Yeah. And that's what this reminds me of. Mm. Uh, Filipinos, why the hell not? Well, clearly because they know how to write a petition. <laughs> not just make up a country, you know, like they did in the West Wing. It just, with just, the, the countries that they waged war. I, I don't know if that has the same <clears> impact, though. Just, well, because everybody knows that Filipino you, doctors are, are shonky you, and, and no, undereducated. No, no, but if I mean, uh, you know, if you say, "Oh, where did you get your degree?" Ducktopia. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. No, but make it something proper. But there, there are make, make it something that doesn't sound like a joke country name, like Myanmar, which you know <laughs> doesn't exist in Australia. In the rest of the world, apparently, it does. But in Australia, Myanmar doesn't exist. Burma. It's Burma. Damn it. Uh, speaking of uh, legal cases and stuff, uh, Mary Costakides has sued her, uh, I guess, former television network for breach of contracts, alleging that she was bullied by the management at SBS, bullied, humiliated and treated with contempt by senior management as they tried to sideline her, sideline her and install Stan Grant as the... Uh, primary newsreader documents lodged to the federal court in Sydney. Uh, Costakidis alleges that she was driven into therapy and put on medication as a result of her treatment. Um, she specifically claims she was harassed by manag- managing director Sean Brown and head of news and current affairs Paul Cutler and her co-anchor Stan Grant. Well, Stan Grant, all, all the uh, everything I've read about what Stan Grant did to her was pretty much just ignore her. 
she would talk, talk to, to him. Crew. She would talk to him, and and he would read his magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it sounds like she was picked on, but I think it's unfair to say that what she went through is bullying, when there is such a huge campaign against real workplace bullying, when real workplace bullying can actually put people in hospital. Well, I think what she's she was in therapy. She was under medical supervision. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm just saying she's a little bit soft. That's what I'm saying. I support Costakidis because I think that that uh, the whole brouhaha with Stan Grant on uh, SBS World News and the ads are a symbolic of of the the slide downwards that oh. SBS News is taking. I think, and, I yeah, think it's... It, it, this is the person that inspired Frontline. It was a a, a complete joke around the country. Sure, I, but that's but that's not her claim. Her claim isn't that no, they no, ruined no. the news, <laughs> or that he tried to sing her any songs. <laughs> or that he tried to sing her any songs. That's that's no, not. I'm not her saying claim. that 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 is, but I think that if we can stem the damage uh, done by Stan Grant, then maybe. But we can't stem the damage done by Stan Grant. Okay. SBS we can't. News, you're dead Costa to me. Kedis you're left. dead to me. Stan Grant is still there. I have no the damage. The damage news. is done. Well, that's it. That's <laughs> it. And lastly in the news, we've got uh, some more family guy in trouble news. Uh, uh, apparently, the three remaining viewers worked out it's not funny. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, then, and then that's it. The manatees. Oh, look at that. Evil eye I got from Crofley. You'll see that on the video podcast. Um, there is no video podcast. The, the manatees the last, escaped. Is a, the last time uh, there was any kind of legal trouble was Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett, who, who launched ridiculous super, legal super action. Her likeness. This this one's a, a little bit uh, more appropriate. I think the publisher of the song that was used in the Disney film Pinocchio, "When You Wish Upon a Star." is suing Fox Broadcasting for an episode of The Family Guy that includes a parody of the song. Uh, the episode titled When You Wish Upon a Weinstein included what the song's publisher called a thinly veiled copy of the music. It, it, wasn't it a direct copy? Uh, no, I think I think much like uh, ice, uh, Vanilla Ice... And right. Queen. and Queen under pressure. It's a it's a thinly veiled copy. It's do 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 do. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is a parody show. Yes. Like a, a it's star- satire, so they can be satirical about songs yeah. as well. Yeah. Is Star Wars going to sue them next because yeah. they're doing a three episode Star Wars tribute? Uh, yeah, but they've got they've got permission to do that. They've got permission to do the Star Wars tribute. Right. Uh, the uh, 20th TV who, who produced it said we have not yet seen the complaint and have no comment at this time so who the hell knows uh, the episode was created in 2000 as part of the second season of Family Guy but wasn't aired until 2003 on Adult Swim which is part of the Cartoon Network uh, Carol Burnett lost her claim with Fox over Family Guy earlier this year I think uh I think they, they have more of a league to stand on than Carol Burnett did, but uh, I don't know. It's very hard to sue for a parody. Very hard. Mm. Uh, and that is the Box Cutters News. Hello and welcome to Today Tonight. Soap and water. Hello and welcome. I'm Naomi Robson. Swearing. 
Uh, this week's rewatch is actually something that I saw on uh, Channel 9 News on uh, Saturday night, and it left me rather disgusted, to be honest. Uh, we had a verdict this week in the uh, Farquharson murder case. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with the case, uh, a Victorian man, Robert Farquharson, two years ago, uh, drove his car into a dam, killing his three young sons. Uh, he always claimed he had a coughing fit, but uh, police found that that kind of uh, was an illogical outcome if he'd had a coughing fit. Uh, uh, the whole time, his estranged partner, Cindy Gambino, the mother of the three kids, stood stood by her man. Uh, and late last week on Friday... Did she- because yep. they were they were divorced. They were divorced, but she stood by him post accident. She always she always said so he, he wouldn't yeah. do such a thing. How could but, you say that? Well, well, he wasn't really her man. But go on. It stood by her former man. Yes, yes. but see that yes. makes him sound like a, a woman now, like a like a tranny, and no, that's not right. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, on uh, on Friday. Uh, he was actually found guilty of the murder charge and it was quite a dramatic day in court. Sydney, uh, Cindy and her mother both collapsed and had to be taken away in an ambulance. On Saturday morning, news crews were parked outside her house. Oh, no. Uh, now, this may be others. I, I have no idea if other news crews were involved. I only saw Channel 9. Uh the the news report started with a live with a huge picture backdrop of her under the heading still shattered, and uh, then they cut to the news item with the voiceover rattled beyond comprehension. Cindy Gambino is struggling to absorb the guilty verdict and the reality her ex husband could be spending the rest of her uh, the rest of his life in jail, and uh, that's what we saw pictures of her still shattered. Uh, she was crying, trying to hide from the media, uh, putting stuff in a rubbish bin in her dressing gown and footage of her partner asking, asking news crews to leave and clearly, uh, clearly getting no, no luck from that. We, we kind of tolerate this foot indoor journalism kind of stuff for today, tonight and the current affair when it's, you know, involving rip-off merchants or shonky builders or, you know, just about any kind of celebrity we accept this kind of thing for. But uh, this kind of journalism, and I use the kind of term as loosely as possible, seems to be creeping more and more into the daily news. I, I don't understand how on earth this is in the public interest we're not going to get any more understanding of the crime or the horrible nature of it by saying oh she's got a purple dressing gown and she was crying during the day she must have been upset now i understand why her ex-husband drove drove the kids into the dam uh i i just think this poor woman has been through an unimaginable hell over the past two years and i don't see why she should be fair game to have news crews camped outside her door, uh, I think. This well, clearly she deserves it because she she avoided having to answer their questions, uh, leaving the courthouse by just <laughs> <laughs> by, by getting taken away in an ambulance. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just I just find this morose kind of voyeurism of people grieving that is that's more and more in the news. I just find it absolutely disgusting, and I think Channel Nine should should absolutely be just ashamed of themselves and they showed show people the slightest bit of decency and respect yeah there's you know what there's never been any understanding of respecting people's dignity 
mm. when when it comes to news items of, of people who have gone through hardship. That I mean, yep. there's no. I'm, I'm probably saying that too much. There, there has been some understanding, but not what we would all expect as responsible human beings. Yeah. And uh, this goes a lot further than that, though. I mean, we've seen people who have been through ordeals and they show the street number of their house. Yep. Uh, which I've always thought was r- ridiculous and, and had no benefit whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, but but something like this, camping out on a, a morning woman's lawn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's disgusting. I mean, when she's just been yeah, when she's just been through impossible hardships. I mean, the last thing she'd want is to see a news crew out the front, and and obviously did. And her current partner went out and said, you know. Could you please leave? And the Channel 9 reporter saying, no, 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 we're giving you your opportunity to reflect on yesterday's sentence. And and he said, well, we're giving you the opportunity to please respect our wishes and leave now. And clearly they still didn't. I mean, it's just, it's just filthy. I wonder what recourse people have to call the police and, you know, and claim that, that they are being stalked or... Mm. Be, because, yes, I think the press should have... Freedoms to do things, but but they're taking they're taking that way too far. If yep. it's not in the public interest, yep. and these people are essentially being harassed, yep. uh, it, it gets into very very tricky territory. And and the footage of her sitting, you know, sitting in her house crying or in the backyard or wherever it was, it was clearly obtained by you know shooting over a car and and through a little hole in the fence, and she clearly didn't know she was being filmed. Like if I had that kind of footage. Of, of say my next door neighbour or something, clearly that would be me stalking them. I mean, I'd, I'd get in trouble for that sort of yes, thing. I don't, would. I don't see why, you know, why the press do it and why, you know, why they think we want to see this. Well, Brett, well, I think, Brett, that- why do you do it? Why do you take <laughs> footage of your neighbours? Because they're hotties. <laughs> um, but I, I think that uh, it's probably become more accepted since uh, the various shows um, documenting the paparazzi uh, have, have been broadcast, where the paparazzi is uh, are being allowed to be seen as more and more legitimate. But they're still but freaking scumbags. But there's yeah. a big difference yeah. between between being a public... Personality. Oh, it's, you know, it's like the next was, step from it. So, if, yeah. if it was Jennifer Aniston, I'd understand. Like, you know, open to self. But up really, for that. who would care? Yeah. Mm. But but these are private citizens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't who, care. All she's done is is had her three sons killed. Like, well, no, 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 she hasn't had her three sons killed. Her three sons have been killed. I think yes. that's a very important distinction. No, yes, to make. yes, but but all 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 you know all that's happened to her. The only reason she's in you know she's been thrust into the public eye is through tragedy. Yes, and yet still she gets treated like this. Yeah, I think that's that's a terrible terrible work. Channel Nine, shame on you. Hi, it's Pete Smith. They're not really naughty boys. They're just box cutters going about their business. The fall season. I love this time of year. It rolls on. It, it just does roll. rolls on. You know, last week I was hating this time of year, <laughs> and uh, and this week I've seen some things that we're not talking about today, but uh, <laughs> but I've, I've seen some things this week that uh, that I've really quite enjoyed, and I'm looking forward to talking about them in coming weeks. This week we're talking about Back to You, which is the new sitcom starring Kelsey Grammer and Patricia Heaton, uh, as well as Fred Willard who I think is a, a great performer. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll also be talking about Journeyman a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Back to You. 
Uh, now, Fred Willard's uh, probably best known for his work with Christopher Guest and that crew. Yes, um, yep. in Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show. Uh, all, all, the, all the Christopher Guest films. Yeah. Which importantly... What happened? <laughs> which importantly are largely improvised. Yes. Whereas this isn't. Correct. Fred Willard, very talented man, is being given lines that just make him look like an idiot. Mm. And... Uh, Sure, I'm. I'm sure it's excellent money, and <laughs> and it's a great team to work with. But he was. He was also in the later American Pie films. I think one of the later ones. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not all that familiar with them, but I think he was in. He was a father-in-law, or father or some. I, I'm not sure. I think he was the. Yeah, I think he was. He was. He was the the father of, uh, of Willow. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, so the the story with back to you, and it is a half hour laugher. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very old fashioned. Very very old fashioned show. Uh, Kelsey Grammer plays a newsreader who who shared the anchor chair with Patricia Heaton's character in a small Philadelphia uh, newsroom for many many years. Then he left there to uh, to get a better job then a better job, then a better job, finally ends up in California hosting the, the news in LA and is fired from there after he calls uh, a fellow on-air person names and swears live on air. He's Which sat- pops up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we actually see the supposed YouTube footage, which is about as current as this, this show gets. Yeah, pretty much. It, it, you know what? It would have been good. If they'd actually put that up on YouTube. I, I never came across it. Maybe they did. Maybe they tried to, to do that. Oh, yeah, I never yeah. came across it. Yeah, that would have been better. Uh, so then he moves back to Philadelphia, where he now is going to co-anchor with Patricia Heaton again. Fred Willard is still there doing sports. Uh, there's some jlub who uh, always gets terrible stories to do. And and that's basically it. That's, that's and, your well, core there's, cast. There's, there's a bit of tension between Patricia Heaton's character and Kelsey Grammer's character, anyway. But then we discover that they had a one night fling together just before, just before he, he left. left, and now she has a daughter who is the exact age of the time he has been away. Once Minus it, nine months. Minus nine months. Once you hear this review, you'll be able to jump in straight into episode two. I think <laughs> uh, you won't. There's not much left that we haven't spoiled in there's, episode one. Well, I think. you know what? I don't um, think it's. I don't think it's. It's spoiling. I think it's just warning people mm-hmm. <laughs> because. Well, I mean, it's, Kelsey Grammer really isn't playing that different a role from what he did for decades as Fraser Crane. It, it's not a million miles away from. Fraser, no, it's it? you know what? It's it's more arrogant and nasty. Than Fraser. Fraser was always well-meaning. Uh, this guy is is quite nasty. Mm. Uh, but interestingly, the two creators uh, whose names I don't have with me uh, are Christopher Lloyd and Steve Levitan. They're both Fraser alumni. Well, Steve, so, Steve Levitan. I mean, this is this is the thing. If I was if I was NBC and I wanted to start a brand new show, a brand new sitcom, I want to give a laugh laugh a try. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was still going to work. I would get the best people around to to do it. The, the people who had had, you know, really successful runs on shows. So I would get Christopher Lloyd, who did so well with Frasier. I would get Steve Levitan, who did so well with Just Shoot Me, and put them together. You've got a super team of sitcom goodness, or so it would seem. 
Now, clearly they are trying and they are working very hard on it. And there were some good jokes. But I wonder if the Christopher Lloyd connection with such a strong Frasier thing uh, meant that Kelsey Grammer had quite a big a big hand in creating of this show as well. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. Steve mm. Levitan's touch is really with all the people that they have in the background being yep. busy because that's what Just Shoot Me did as well. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's exactly the same actors. Uh, I I think that, uh, you know, there are funny bits in the show. If you like a laugher, you might like it. Mm. I can see the jokes coming from so far away, though. There's, there's some cute observations about news, like the guy, the, the lower-down reporter who always has the crap jobs. Like in the first episode, he's out uh, reporting live from outside the courtroom in the middle of the night in the rain for no reason for no reason mm. which which is a very which is a very current trend in news you know i mean when steve brax stood down victorian premier stood down just a couple of months ago channel 9 did their whole whole news you know live from outside the from parliament steps well, parliament Spring steps Street. really yeah <laughs> well not not the whole news live they they still cut to bits of video but uh, really yeah it was God. Which, which is kind of that in Raywatch? Which is kind of a bit, you know. Which is, uh, yeah. I, I kind of thought it was a bit pointless, but I mean, there's nothing going on there at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah. I've, I've always understood it out front of the AFL tribunal because the tribunal is going on at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but, makes sense. <laughs> otherwise, but it's no, like the so, scene of the crime after all the blood's been washed away. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No point. And uh, there's lots of sexual puns, particularly in relation to them having had sex, Kelsey Grammer and Patricia Heaton. Yes. You know, some of them will, well, somebody will innocently make a comment like, you know, oh, it'd be nice if if this lasted more than 10 seconds. Oh, that would have been nice when we had sex. Yes. It's, it's cleverer than that, obviously. But, uh, you know. I'm, I'm only invading your privacy by two inches. Oh, well, you've done that already and look what happened. Yeah, at least I didn't get pregnant this time. Yeah. yeah that kind of, yeah. Uh, so, you know, that, that's what you can expect from Back to You. I think it's starting on... Uh, on a local channel oh, it is, shortly. It is coming here? That's that's my understanding. I've I got to say, obviously this isn't for us, and I think we look for different things in television than the average everyday person, but this is really familiar, and it's really easy to watch. People are going to slot into it quite I, I reckon. I reckon it's going to be a hit. I reckon the main purpose of television is to avoid talking to your family and get distracted from the mundanities of your everyday life. This is perfect. Well, you know what? If Two and a Half Men is a hit... This can be a hit. Exactly. I'd, I'd watch this over two and a half men any yeah, so, day. So would I. Well, the, I mean, the caliber of actors is, is so much better yeah. anyway. Yep. Uh, and even the crap lines they can deliver quite well. Mm. I still don't see enough, uh, enough heat between Kelsey Graham and Patricia Heaton. No. I don't think they've quite, quite got their on-air chemistry working properly yet. Yeah. Which I, which I think, though, is kind of made up for by the fact that they are so familiar. It's Raymond's wife and Frasier. Yes. So, so you're familiar with them, even if the sparks aren't flying yet. But are you talking about good chemistry or anger chemistry? I'm talking about on-air chemistry, that, you know, anger or good chemistry, whatever it is. I, I don't see... I don't buy that relationship just yet. No. Mm. But we've only seen a couple of. Episodes. I've only seen a couple of episodes. Only a couple of episodes have gone to air. That's back to you. Let's go back to Journeyman. Journeyman, mm. mm. which we uh, did kind of uh, preview vaguely, uh, yeah, a week or two ago. Oh, uh, uh, a couple it. of months earlier when it was first announced. I think we talked about whether it was going to be like Quantum Leap yep. or mm. which it's not. Uh, well, 
isn't it? No, it's not. It's it, not at all. Isn't it? Because, okay, my take on there's Journeyman... No, there's no dude with a cigar in his little pad well, no, figuring out what's going on. No, but what Journeyman could really use is Dean Stockwell. I think that. <laughs> I think that's going to be an asset to Why don't you give us a, a, a rundown, Brett? Well, basically, it's a guy in San Francisco. Uh, he, he's married and has a young son, and uh, there's, there's obviously been a bit of uh, tension in the marriage, but they're working through it, and uh, they're, they're all ready to start working on baby number two, um, when the husband, uh, played by Kevin McKidd, Dan Vassar... Who was uh, from Rome. And was in train spotting, again, following, following oh, this yeah, of course, uh, pattern of, course. Yeah. Yeah, of yeah, American series with the European actors with American accents. God, he looks so different to how he looked in train spotting. Uh, he uh, just disappears. Uh, in in the present time, and we follow him back through this. It's it's a little bit kind of Wayne's World flashback <laughs> kind of sequence, except it's like a, it's like a drop. It's it's very bright in the in the space time continuum, mm. and and suddenly he's in another time and uh, a bit of another place, and has no idea what he's doing there. Um, meets a guy, and then he's zapped back to the present time, and a couple of days have gone past, um, and he. He knows what what he experienced, but doesn't know why kind of nothing was going well, on. No, he, he, back he, in present time. he he knows that he was in nineteen eighty seven. Yes, so he knows that it was twenty yes. years previous. But he has no explanation. If you tell people, "Oh, I was back in nineteen eighty seven, they're going to lock you up. Yes, they, uh, they did. Or people are going to think you're on drugs. They didn't lock him up. No, no, they locked me up when I said. Ah, it. yes. Um, luckily, he yes, has they, a brother they, who's a cop. Um, who does believe him. He's uh, the first person he confides to about what actually happened um, and uh, who who has some muscle to get him out of trouble uh, when on, on his second trip, he, his car that he was driving at the time when he got zapped back to the past uh, crashed into an intersection um, and goes along like that. And basically, rather than with... Uh, Quantum Leap, which was going to a specific time as a specific character um, for the that week's show, it's popping back and forward, um, but it's following the path of a specific person or somebody or that he has to help. Group of people. Yep. Yeah, which is why I say it is Quantum Leap meets Touched by an Angel. <laughs> That's what this show is to me. I don't remember Touched by a Name. Do you, do you remember... Um, was that with the dude from Little House on the Prairie? No, Michael that's... Langford? No, that, that similar. Touched by an Angel was, was a woman doing the, the same kind of role. Mm-hmm. That was uh, Heaven. Highway to Heaven. Highway, Highway to Heaven. heaven. <laughs> you're, about, you're about 10, 20 years too early. Touched yeah. by an Angel okay. was only sort of... It was only... Only about five, six years ago. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we could also say... Quantum Leap meets Highway to Heaven. Have uh, has either of you read a book? Meets the littlest hobo. Has either of you read a book <laughs> called uh, The Time Traveler's Wife? By I think it's by Andre Niffenberger. No, but I and nope. I've heard of it. That's uh, that's a great book, but uh, I can see the influence of that book on this show, particularly in the relationship stuff. I think uh, it's quite unique in that way. This show, unlike say Quantum Leap, that he does have the wife. And you are looking at the the stresses on the relationship from him going back and forward, uh, and that uh, in that book the husband is just flashing in and out of all times, and their their whole relationship throughout their lives is just completely out of sync with each other. They're all right. they're, they're all different people, they're the same people, but at different times in their lives. Um, I can definitely see the influence of that on this show. 
I, I have to say that, you know, for, for all my complaints about it, uh, being that, you know, it's not as good as it could have been, the, the bits that are in the present, uh, particularly, uh, I'm thinking of the climax of the first episode, mm-hmm. I found quite moving. Yep. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think I think it's a very well acted show. Yep, and I think it, uh, it's interesting in that way that uh, there's a, there's a bit more going on with, I guess, the B story of currently with his wife and his ex fiance who disappeared nine years ago on a plane, may or may not have died, uh, and he keeps. Well, the plane went down. The plane went down. The body was never found. Yeah, yeah, uh, and he keeps encountering her at different points in her life. Uh, somebody he clearly still loves. I think. I think that makes for for an interesting dynamic that you don't usually get in these sort of shows. And there's a mm. and and there is a, a great a great quote that she uh, she's she has like thirty seconds to give him quick instructions on what he's doing. Mm. Uh, well, as, well, we've got we've got two incarnations of her. We've got the 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 her that he experienced where before she went missing. And there's and the yes, other there's, one. there's the her in the past and yes, the her that yeah. is that is floating through time. Another journeyman, uh, like, yes. he, like him, like him. Uh, and so the other journeyman, Olivia, uh, says uh, says, okay, you, you, you're going to need a cell phone. You're going to need some old currency. Uh, don't travel with citrus for some reason; it explodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are cute little things like that in yep. Journeyman yep. that make me think. You know, of the shows that we've reviewed so far. I'll probably keep downloading it and, and see what it's like. Yep, yep. I, I think this one has the most promise of anything we've seen so far, of anything we've talked we've about. We've talked so, about so far. So far, yeah. Uh, um, then again, I guess that sort of thing, no, it's countered by the smaltiness of the end of that second episode, or the end of both episodes, really, when he he figures out who he has saved and why and the rep- the worldwide repercussions that's has yeah. and then that's kind of self-satisfied smile that he has. Oh, I saved a whole lot of lives today. Or, or well, it's not necessarily worldwide. No, not worldwide, but, but, but you know what are, I mean. There it's are kind people of, that are saved it's kind in of, present day. Yeah, but it's that they have an impact on the on yeah. society, you know, uh, Doctor Who saves people in Rwanda or, or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And, but, but that's... I, I, find, uh, I find Kevin McKidd very watchable. I think I think he's a yeah he's a really interesting. Actor I think he's good. He's I think great. the guy who plays the brother is good. I think the Kellerman from uh, Homicide: Life on the Streets, <laughs> although uh, which is uh, Reed Diamond. I I tend to think there's a bit too much coincidence going on. Like already in two episodes, he's gone back over a lot of his past. Uh, you know, in the second episode, he's getting chased by the cops because he he gave money that hasn't been invented yet. But the cop who's chasing him, oh, it turns out to, to be his brother. brother you know, yeah, yeah, as a rookie cop, and that that kind of thing. It's just going to get old. Uh, uh, not old, but I think if you think about that too much, y- y- your suspension of disbelief is going to disappear pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. and I, I suspect that the the conflict between him and his wife in present day uh, seems to almost have been resolved by the end of the second episode, where mm. where he was able to. Uh, to devise a way to prove to her that he was in the past and and has affected something uh, with the ring, um, so she's she's that was the end coming of the first to terms. Episode. That was the end of the first right. episode, but then and it's then at the start of the second. It seemed to have all gone to pieces. It all goes again. to pieces because it's so not. I, I imagine that'll keep happening because while he's committed to her, there is uh, there there are questions in her mind, and I think they will recur until. Uh, until the writers get sick of it or the audience gets sick of it or, or whatever happens. That's Journeyman. It's available on uh, Channel BitTorrent and uh, we also talked about Back to You. Uh, Ross? What are we going to do next week? 
Next week, uh, I really want to look Just at... Just in case people want to play along at home. I really want to mm. look at Chuck. Chuck? Chuck. I, I'm really loving Chuck. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Which has been... Uh, the the uh, pilot of it has been around for quite for, a, for a while. Right? And mm-hmm. episode two is now available as well. And, uh, uh, and a show called you're Moonlight. you the OC. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you want to do the OC next week? The, the OC, that's, that's done. Gossip that's, Girl. Oh, oh, Gossip Girl, yes. Mm. Yes, let's uh, let's do that. So, Gossip Girl, the new OC. The, and, well, uh, let's call it OC East Coast. OC East Coast. I should say that, that I actually dug the OC when it first started. As well, a summer next, week, next week, <laughs> next week, Brett. Uh, so, so we'll Brett, be doing three we'll be, next no, week. No, 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 no. Gossip Girl. OCEC. <laughs> Gossip Girl and Chuck. We'll no be doing next week. Moonlight. No, Moonlight. Moonlight. We're, we're, we're saving that okay. for later. La, we la, really la, need la, a, a thing la, for this. Oh, it's going to come. It's going to come. I really need a quote. I was watching Current Affair tonight. It's Monday night, and there was a story, as I said earlier, about pole dancing. Now, this wasn't just any regular going to a strip joint and see pole dancing. It wasn't about uh, how women everywhere are rushing to learn pole dancing. Because it's great for exercise. This was about a woman who was holding a pole dancing class for children because it's great for exercise. Right. And, uh, and of, course, of course, people were up in arms... Uh, the Australian Family Council, or whatever it's called, was saying, "Oh, you, you can't, you can't do that. It's you can't, you know, bring sexuality into to children so early." And then the the woman who was running the course saying, "Look, we're not doing anything sexual. We're just using the pole there for for exercise. It's it's really good exercise, strength training, and 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 whatever." And then they uh, they had a quote from another mother who uh, who was taking her kids to this uh, this this class. And uh, she said, I would be irresponsible to allow my child to be doing some sort of pornography. Yes, yes, you would be irresponsible <laughs> to do that. Don't do that. What that has to do with pole dancing, I have no idea. What this has to do with, with what your children are actually going through. Uh, but yes, you would be very irresponsible to let your children do some sort of pornography. She, she apparently then asked the uh, current affair people if they'd heard of any Australian kid nation starting up. <laughs> Sign a kid up. <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous. It really was. Are you one of those that follows the Follows the Hello, this is Ricardo Montalban. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July and I'll go down on you. There's been a lot of fuss over the past week and, well, over the past couple of months really, about the amount of government spending on advertising that's been happening. Uh, especially after the government, when they came to power, promised to curb government spending on advertising. Uh, and since then, they've spent something like $2 billion on advertising. Kabillion. K- <laughs> uh, $863 in the last three years, and reportedly a million dollars a day currently in the uh, in the lead up to the election. And is that just uh, electronic media because they're also letterboxing. Oh that's yeah that's just No this is, yeah this is just the just uh, television just television I believe. Uh, it's good because we don't need hospital beds. <laughs> I mean obviously the the lines get a bit blurred. Uh, it's very hard to swallow the government's climate change ads, but then again it's very hard to argue with ads about, you know, the cervical cancer 
vaccination, letting people know about that or, uh, or asthma or awareness. Uh, but one area where the government really has trouble uh, and has had trouble is workplace relations and work choice ads. Uh, originally, they had to get a new name for it because the work choices brand was apparently damaged. And then they did the post-it notes campaign which we talked about a few months ago uh, and they had to get rid of that campaign because uh, they found out that one of the actors himself was a dodgy employer who owed thousands of dollars allegedly was uh, i'm not sure that was government advertising i think that was the employer's uh, campaign where they they had no no that oh, was sorry, the government yes, one yes, the employers the had to get rid of it uh, to get rid of theirs because they used two criminals <laughs> they used two as, criminals as the as, union as heavies the... going into the workplace <laughs> yep uh so uh, so the government are now on to their umpteenth campaign about work choices. Uh, this one, I guess, it's easiest to categorise it as light propaganda. It's got, uh, it's got two very Aussie guys doing very Aussie things. They're either at a pub or at a barbecue, and they're telling little anecdotes about their lives while they, while they drink a beer. And then we cut to a woman with a headset on behind a desk who explains to us how this fits in with the workplace authority. Uh, and then we cut back to the uh, to the two guys for a, for a little quip or gentle gag, you know. Uh, one of the guys, his story is about how he's they did the fairness test and he actually got more money because of the fairness test. Uh, and the other guy pushes his glass over and said, "You know, if you're getting your mo- more money, clearly it's your shout." Ha ha ha. Gentle, gentle, light humour. Uh, they're very non-threatening ads, uh, very easy to swallow. The uh, the young woman is young and attractive. The guys could be anybody's mates and it could be any pub. I, I think the government, though, with these ads have got two major problems. Uh, the first is I think most people's minds has been made up on work choices and whether that's going to influence, excuse me, <clears throat> Whether that's going to influence your election or not. Your cough button works. That's nice. <laughs> uh, whether that's going to influence their voting for the election or not, I, I think that's already decided. I don't think anybody's watching these ads going, oh, I was really worried about that fairness test. But that guy in the ad says he's getting more money now. Clearly they work. Oh, work choices are fine. Uh, and I think the other problem that, that the government have with these ads is uh, is the counter ads that the unions have been running ever since work choices were introduced, and these show or before they were introduced, yeah, before this legislation. Mm, well, these show real people uh, telling real horror stories, uh, re- re- reputedly real people. I mean, we don't know if they are real people, but one of the very clever things the unions have done is they're ugly people. They're far too ugly. To, to, to be, generally to, be on TV. Yes. Uh, and therefore, they seem real. Uh, whereas the two guys in the pub and the woman, they're very TV. But, but the ugly people, you kind of think, oh, that's real. Uh, the, other, the other thing that I think the government has real trouble countering with this is just the emotional punch. I think it's very hard to counter, you know, with these light, fluffy ads, counter somebody saying, I got sacked and somebody, they, then they advertised my job at a third of the wage. That kind of thing, yeah. And and oh, I used to work on on weekends and nights, and I I yeah. would get uh, two hundred dollars more than before. They gave me a two cents uh, wage increase. Yeah, yeah. It, spotless wanted to, it, spotlight wanted to do. It mm. doesn't. It doesn't sound like the same government that gave us those Medicare ads that worked so well mm. for the government. It, it it really seems like as an advertising body, they've just lost the plot, mm. and. Uh, well, is is that their fault or is that the people they're using 
then do you well, think? Well, they still have to they still have to approve it and because mm. uh, as we said at the time, the post-it note campaign looked flimsy and terrible. It looked yes. like it could just get blown away or lost or, or taken off. I mean, this they've obviously they're obviously going for a much gentler approach. You know, a couple of light gags in there and and, and gentle humour, but there's, there's, there's just no impact there. No. There's there's nothing there's nothing in that ad that's going to make me think. Well, maybe maybe I won't lose my job. Yeah. yeah. Rather than just thinking, oh, well, that guy's the the you know one in five thousand who's actually going to be better off. Mm. It's not enough. It's not enough of of a compulsion to 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 change my vote. Gee, those two guys have had a lot of workplace related experience in their lives. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. I don't buy it. I, I I have a feeling too. With that, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more political. I don't buy it on this show over the uh, over the upcoming weeks and months, particularly if the election ever does get called. Uh, I've got uh, Wednesday in the pool. Right, <laughs> you're not going to win. No. Okay, question three. Which yeah, can I- all these going to be about war? No, I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? It's quiz time. It's quiz time. We've got winners of last week's... (laughs) It's Knight Rider again! (laughs) Yeah! Bring it! Uh, We've got winners winners from last week's quiz where the questions were, Ross? Uh, What does kit stand for? And the answer was Knight Industries 2000. And what part of kit is is evil, according to Futurama, and it is, of course, his windshield wipers. Yes, thank you very much to everyone who wrote in. We, we had, I think... Which, I, which apparently, it didn't come out very much in the story, but no. <laughs> kids' windscreen wipers <laughs> were evil, supposedly. Uh, we had a record number of, of correct entries, which surprised a record me. record number? Yeah, I was which surprised. Which surprised me, because yeah. they, they were pretty hard questions. Yeah. Uh, but but people had them. We, we have winners of a hooja... And, and a winkler. And a winkler. A hooja and a, a winkler. A hooja is like a wallet. A winkler is a little pouch. Right. Uh, so the winners, you'll get one of those. Matthew Guglielmi. Ah. Guglielmi. Matthew Boxcutter. Matthew Boxcutter. And uh, and Holly Pridham. Holly Boxcutter. Yes. Uh, you two are the lucky winners of, uh, of, of this week's quiz. Yes, that's uh, Matt Bow and Hobo. <laughs> oh my god! No. And this week's quiz, quiz question is one for the video podcast people. What am I no. holding in my left hand? There is no, there is no video podcast, so it's, it's just it, that's just not going to work. This week's I, I question. Think we go with that. Are you, are you with me, Brett? <laughs> what am I holding in my left there, hand? There is no video podcast. Oh. This week's question uh, you can actually find the answer to on this episode of Box Cutters. Who are the creators? Of Back to You. Oh. Who are the creators of Back to You? Send Answers us. on the back of a postcard to hooraboxcutters.net. No, no, no. no, just email it. You don't have to put a postcard. The postcards don't work with the internet. What? Yeah, they don't. It, do, it doesn't work that way. Just email. Just email your answers to hooray at boxcutters.net. And, and no looking the answer up on the internet. We'll, we'll know if you've done that. Yeah, we yes. will. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah. know. No, if you, no, if you've gone to uh, IMDb or... Uh, TV.com. TV. We'll, we'll know. So, 
you either know the answer or, if or, you've, watched, or if you've watched the episode, none of that. You've got to listen to this podcast. Correct right? answers will be accepted up until 4pm next are, Monday. Are people allowed to skip back over the podcast? Yes, they are. They're allowed to go back. Oh, I don't know about They're that. They're allowed to go back, but only to the podcast. If they go anywhere else, right. that's it. Uh, yes, 4pm next Monday afternoon is uh, is when you can get your submission. And we're back to a then. single prize this week. One prize. That person My will, prize for one winner. And that person will win a bundle. Mm. A crumpler bum, bun, bundle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a long show. I want to th- say thanks very much to Crumpler for our giveaways. They're wonderful to us. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Pork is a segment, Brett. Pork is a segment. No, a Singing Bee segment. Did no. either of you happen to watch the Singing Bee? No, I missed it. I was out really? eating Mexican. I couldn't be stuffed getting out of my uh, desk chair and turning on the TV, nor <laughs> going downstairs and uh, setting the video. It was You lazy mofo. I, I had important stuff I was doing. I couldn't be distracted. Right. Uh, a couple of things with it. it. It's pretty much exactly what you expect if you say it's a show about karaoke. That's pretty much it. Where you've got to get the words right. You've got to get the words right. And you don't right. have the words in front of you to read off. No, but they have them behind you on a big screen. So the, so, pe- so so the people behind or up above in a, in a kind of crawl. So the audience thing. can see them. So the audience knows. But the person singing doesn't. Yeah, and they have like, uh, they start off with six people and three go through to the next round and they keep whittling them down like that. Uh, the thing I've... I, hey, I, Ian, isn't this just... A competition that Triple M used to run all those years ago on the breakfast show, which was sing the next line of this song. Yeah, yeah, very probably. It's it's the exact same thing. Uh, what this show has got going for it is it only goes for half an hour. Woohoo! I mean that's that's great. They could easily have strung this out for an hour. How's Joey Fatoni? Uh, he's he's kind of pointless. Like he's fine, but. I mean, he could easily have been hosted by Toby Allen or one of the other members of Human Nature or... Or, or any of us. Or, yeah, or just about anybody, really. I mean, right. Millsy sings on a show from Australian Idol. Millsy could have hosted. Well, there's no point flying him out, wasting a whole lot of money on him. And, and it does give it a feel of an American product, which right. I don't know if that's what the producers were going for. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, shooting the whole thing this week. Yeah. And last week, yeah, and uh, Fatone's getting paid 135 grand or something for that. Yeah, yeah, which is actually not much. Mm. That's not much for a whole season's worth of, uh, of of television. But it is pretty good for a week holiday in Australia. <laughs> it, it is very good for a week for a week's uh, holiday in Australia. But compared that to to what Eddie Maguire's had for sitting on his ass, yeah, that, time. that's true. Um, I think, uh, the, yeah, the, the different rounds are slightly different. Um, with one of them, they just have to sing the next couple of words or they have to sing the missing word and then in the in this in the second round it's it's more like karaoke they've got the words coming up underneath uh on on a screen that they can see with blank spaces right. so they have to sing along and fill in all the all the blank spaces mm-hmm. um but uh my little son fry when he's watching stuff that he doesn't like He's waiting for the credits, like when he's watching Neighbours, waiting for Futurama. He sits there going, finish, future, uh, finish, Neighbours, hurry up and finish. Uh, and then uh, the credits will come up. 
And he'd go, oh, finished. Neighbours finished. <laughs> and so we were watching the singing bee, and I don't think he was enjoying it. And it was the second round, and the karaoke words started coming up the bottom. <laughs> finished! Oh, <laughs> finished! <laughs> so I think he was pretty pleased. So what you're over. saying is, is the singing bee is disappointing children across the nation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, I didn't make a note, uh, but I believe the figures were, were pretty low. Uh, oh, yeah, for I forgot the to check. first yeah. episode of that, and then crashed um, with... Dirty Jobs. Dirty Jobs, which, which is just, isn't, isn't great for 7 o'clock while people are sitting down for dinner. <laughs> no. No. And, and it's just a, a, a remake of the American show, um, and I think we've had enough of that anyway with the similar kind of much, I'm sure, much better, the worst jobs in history. Uh, with Tony Robinson. I'm sure that's much more interesting than Dirty Jobs. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, also, uh, after taking last week off, Kath and Kim were back up over $2 million last night. Yeah, okay. Um, so that's continuing to I, power I, I've got to say, we're talking about Back to You. I smiled during Back to You once. I think that's more than I've done for the whole series oh, of yeah, Kath yeah. and I, Kim. I definitely found Back to You funnier than Kath and Kim. If I, mm. if I go by my smile slash giggle ratio, yep. uh, I had yep. probably in the two episodes of Back to You, three or four little chuckles. Yep. yep. Uh, Kath and Kim, in the three episodes I watched, I had one. Yep. Now, do you guys uh, hear about uh, Molly Shannon being signed up to play Kath in mm. the uh, NBC pilot of Kath and Kim? No, who's, who's Molly Shannon? Uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh, I don't know. Alumni. Right. Another yeah. one. Really? You... No, okay. off, the, off the top of my head, cannot put a, a face to that name. Speaking of news shows, uh, The Librarians is coming up on ABC TV on Wednesday night once Summer Heights High finishes up. That'll be uh, Wednesday, October 31 that it starts. It's uh, starring Robin Butler and Wayne Hope. Now, Newstopia starts on the 10th. Yeah, Newstopia starts this Wednesday. Um, I guess and that means that uh, different times. neither of those are going to be involved with Newstopia. Different time slots. Oh, possibly. One's, one's on 9.30, one's on 10. Well, both Wayne, of them were, Wayne Hope were, and, and, uh, and Robin Butler and Sean McCall have, have all worked together in the past. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I... Uh, uh, I actually saw Wayne Hope and, and Robin Butler in a in a cafe in uh, in St Kilda a, a while ago, so I kind of knew that they were working on something, but I didn't know exactly what. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, I think that's I think it's great. I think it's great to follow up an, an Australian comedy with an Australian comedy. Uh, it's it's been a long time since we've had something that regular, and the fact that we could actually have two Australian comedies on the same night, almost up against each other. Uh, I think says says a lot for for the way things that things are going in this country. If only we could sustain it. Librarians has a six part series and uh, also features Kim Gingell, uh, Josh Lawson. Kim Gingell, who's head of Channel Nine. Yeah, yes. I'm not sure what he's doing on the ABC. <clears throat> Heidi Arena and Bob Franklin, who uh, happens to be Robin Butler's hubby. Uh, and but uh, Bob Franklin is uh, just genius mm. in pretty much anything he does. Yep. Yep. So I'm really looking forward to that. A couple more uh, programming uh, kind of things that are happening in the upcoming weeks. Uh, Sopranos this week and next week are absolutely must-see episodes of Sopranos. I, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but uh, just amazing episodes. So should, should I jump into that before I've started watching season six? Oh, my God, Brett. <laughs> you should catch Brett. up with season six and, and go into those. Uh, this week's one is uh, is about Christopher and next week's one's about AJ. 
Uh, oh, both of them fantastic. Um, just amazing episodes. Uh, also, great to see My Name is Earl back on Channel 7. Of course, it oh. is one of the show being fast-tracked. My Name is... Yeah, Prisoner 1, 2, whatever it was. 26301-28. Very funny episode. Very funny to see Earl back on. Great to see... Although, a little disappointing that Channel 7 split the one-hour episode into oh, two episodes over consecutive weeks. So, um, so that's a little disappointing. Shame. Shame on you, mm. Channel 7. Now, we had a, uh, a letter from Andy Boxcutter during the week who, uh, who wanted to let us know that a weather is a crastrated bell- ram. No, uh, oh, yes, yes. Uh, male sheep. Uh, shepherds would hang a bell around the neck... Uh, of the senior weather of their flock, who would then act as a leader, and the rest of the flock flowing, uh, following him obediently behind. Today, bellwether is applied is applied to things, but only rarely to people that indicate a trend. So, thank yes. you for that. We were talking that came about in a couple of weeks bellwether. Ago. Now that was uh, that that brings up uh, the point, which was I said litmus test, and you said bellwether, and they're very different things. Mm, what were we talking about? I have no idea. Bellwether seat. What? What? A no, bell, no, that's why the bellwether seat was. No, no, but no. Before that, when I said litmus test, and Brett said bellwether, and mm. uh, and clearly I meant litmus test. Oh, I think we were talking about. And then he said uh, bellwether, and I said, "What is a bellwether?" And then that's. I, I think we we're talking about happy days. Don't even. <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to get me angry now, and that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode. 105. Are either of you guys having uh, trouble downloading at the moment? None. No, no problems with no, that? No problem. So good. Mm, okay. Why? Why? What's, what's You're your not even thrilled or anything, eh? Oh, no, you mean, no, no, no. You mean da- downloading the show? Downloading our show? Or downloading- no, people have been having trouble downloading our show, and, uh, our show. I say time and time again, don't use iTunes. iTunes it's, sucks. That wasn't iTunes' fault. That was Brett's fault. Not no, the, it wasn't my fault. It, it, it was it was iTunes. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> Brett, I think, combined I think, with feedburner. Go Brett, directly Brett, from the website. I think you don't understand. When something bad, like when I'm at work and something bad <laughs> happens to me, it's I, my that fault. Cropley, yes. What it's Cropley done now? I, I, I've I've been having uh, TV download issues with uh, Easy TV. The trackers seem to be causing problems and the downloads just don't start. Oh, really? I've had no problem at all. Mm. So no, I've may- been really good this week. Maybe it's your Actually, I caught, uh, I, I caught uh, Kid Nation. I don't see it as kid's exploitation. You see a doctor about that and you can get rid of it. You don't see it as kid's exploitation. I don't see it as kid's exploitation. I see it as, as uh, fairly empowering to them, actually. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I think it's. I think it's got a lot. I'm sure that there were a couple of sniffles here and there. But I, th- I think it's. I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that kids were put into harsh environments for long hours and made to shoot for long hours. Wasn't that harsh? It's. It's. You know, against child labour laws in the US. I think that's the main point. Will you keep watching? Yes. Beyond. Beyond you know the what? two episodes that I have watched, Brett yes. always okay. says, it's yep. like, "Will you keep watching it?" And Brett says, "Yes," and then and then he doesn't for like two years, <laughs> and and then we'll catch up with it. Mm. As, will, you, will you keep watching it? Yes, is the same as saying, uh, "Are you sure Sally's leaving home in a way?" <laughs> yes, yes, I am. <laughs> oh, Mr. T's got a new show. <laughs> <laughs> that does bring us to the end of Box Cutters episode one hundred and five. I want to say thanks very much to our sponsors. For giveaways, Crumpler, who uh, 
as I said before, don't give us any money, but do give us prizes to give to you, the listeners, and we love them for that because they make you happy. So mm. they make us happy. And I also want to say thanks to 3RRR. Who's Did you tell us- our two uh, winners to shoot us off an email to organise... Uh, no, I will. I will contact them. Oh, you'll contact. I them. I will contact them. See, I've never won the prize, so I don't know how so, it works. No, yeah, mm. you can't. You're not actually eligible. Yeah, I also thanks to Three Triple R, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. They're very good to us. Why don't you be good to them? Check them out on the web at rrr.org.au. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Speaking of which, Paul Hogan's birthday is today. 68 years. I can't believe it. No. You're speaking of which relates to your intro, <laughs> not your outro. He doesn't look a, look a day over 30. And hey, let's be careful out there.